0: Legendary Winchester AA shot shells are used throughout the world by millions of shooters. One specific AA target load that has everyone talking is the AA Diamond Grade. The Diamond Grade Elite target load has 8% antimony shot. It's the hardest shot available for crushing clays and it's copper plated.
1: Winchester AA, it's the choice of champions. You are now tuned into Shotgun Sports USA. Powered by Winchester. Recorded in the U.S. And streaming all over the world. We talk to shotgun shooters from all disciplines. Championship winning coaches. Gun clubs. World class target setters. Vendors. And industry leading companies that fuel the sport. If you are into clay target sports. You are at the right place. For insider information. From some of the best in the world. Every. Every Single. single week. Week. Remember to subscribe to our podcast, leave us a review, and connect with us on social media. You can also catch our episodes on ShotgunSportsUSA.com. Being a brand name in the clay target industry, Rick Hemingway has said, Have you ever noticed almost all major sporting events are being run by ProMatic traps? Think about that statement for a minute. He's right, and you may want to consider that before making your next purchase rick is the largest promatic dealer specializing in individual and commercial trap sales rick provides skeet trap Five stamp and sporting clays, designs, installs, and service. He also offers accessories such as solar panels, wireless release systems, as well as the hottest item on the market, the Claybot by Rainier Products. Visit www.backwoodsquailclub.com or give him a call at 843 546 1466. Castellani shooting vests are manufactured in Italy and internationally recognized by elite shooters as the most popular, lightweight shooting vests on the market. Castellani vests are especially known for their Italian styling and superior craftsmanship and quality, making them a vest of choice for all shooting disciplines. Ultimate Shooting Accessories is the exclusive supplier of Castellani vests in the United States. Visit UltimateShootingAccessories.com for more information and to place your order.
0: This year at the 2021 NSCA Nationals, we sat down with part of Team Winchester. In this episode, you will hear from Anthony Mattarese Jr., Zach Keenbaum, Theo Ribs, Eric Harvey, and Donnie Ballard all together in one room. We discussed targets, the wind, and how it affected their shooting, the growth of the tournament, and so much more. If you like stories, you will love this episode. Towards the end, we even have a little tribute for Tom Mack that you will not want to miss. Thank you for tuning in and welcome to the show. 2021 National Championship in San Antonio with the Team Winchester guys. We've got Theo Ribs, Eric Harvey, Zach Keenbaum, Anthony Matarese, and Donnie Ballard. How's everybody doing?
2: Pretty good. How are we yeah. good? Doing Well, man. doing? Well. I think this is,
0: this is the first time that we've had, I think, this many people on an episode and then this many good people on an episode. So, I think this will be an interesting conversation about the targets, the wind, the tournament. Let's get into it. Tournament started last week, Saturday, Sunday. I don't know how that rotation was. I don't know if you heard about that.
3: I don't I wasn't here. I I, uh, I don't know.
2: I was here. I came and dropped off my golf cart Friday cuz I live only an hour and a half and uh then I came back down to 74 Ranch to shoot on Saturday and yeah, the weather was weather's perfect. good. Yeah.
0: So you thought you're going to have a good week? Yeah. And, and then you come in here shooting, what, Wednesday? Is that when it started? The wind was crazy Wednesday, and it's finally stopped today, which is Saturday. What you think, Eric? Eric's over here smiling.
4: It's been a windy. <laughs> yeah. It's been a windy one. Been good targets, but.
0: Let's go into how the wind really affects the target. I'm not talking about blowing around. What are other things that wind can do to disrupt the game?
5: Um, I mean, just overall. So, I started shooting on Wednesday. I shot the super sporting. I was shooting really well overall. I mean, I shot a 92 in the wind. I felt like I was shooting great. I could have hit 95 or 6 even in the wind. But, you know, there's definitely some of my misses to start off. I ran the first 6-7 stands and then just got in a stretch where they're pushing them down, you know. So, like, on that one stretch, there's some low birds because they throw low birds there with shot fall. and they would push them down and you'd have a low crosser hitting the ground 20 yards early, you know, just making it extremely difficult to make a good shot, you know. So the wins were at times it seemed like they started 10 a.m. every day for Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and kind of a sustained 20 with gusts to 40. uh, Pretty much the same all three days. You know, there's times that it's worse. But you're basically – the targets – I was talking to someone yesterday, like, man, the targets were really hard. I'm like, "I I think the targets are awesome. But if you add 20 to 40 mile an hour wind on them, you have some. You have the followings happening. Some are just simply the second shot of some pairs. If it's a teal or something, there was simply some birds like when I shot the cake up, that you're you're not going to hit them. You know they're 85 yards with the wind, and the next guy the wind stops blowing for a second, it's 55. You know, and then if you get a day like today, someone would be 35. You sure. know, so you got luck of the draw on that. You know th- what really happened though is everyone got affected basically Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, to some degree in some event. If you got a good draw at 8 o'clock on your main main event, there's a big, big difference. Okay? Yep. Yep. So if you had an 8 o'clock on your Wednesday or Thursday, it's a big difference. And it also depends on what course you shot. Um, so yep. I shot yellow yesterday in the wind. It definitely made it harder. I don't think it made it that much harder, you know, but if you had green you know, at the same time, I think it would have made it a little bit harder. You know, red, I shot red today. Um, there's some, definitely some pairs and a lot of trap and quartering birds. If they come out and hit the wind, they're just simply not going to be where – when you pull the trigger, the bird might just simply not be where it was when you pull the trigger. So it becomes very random, you know. So it's all of the above from distance to the second shot of a pair to you pull the trigger and the bird, you know, goes up five feet or down five feet, just part of the game. Um, yeah. I think that, you know, one thing I'm on the NSCA executive council and it's been something that's been debated and talked about and has to get, you know, approval from the council and then the, you know, the, the main body of the NSCA and then it goes out to shooters is to get say some type of criteria to get the top 40 shooters on the same course, same time. And it's been really close to happening before. And then some shooters would shoot it down and everybody would be complaining and, the NSA would say, "All right, let's circle back and put that on hold," and it didn't happen because um, I couldn't shoot with my friends or my buddies or whatever. You know, it's going to hurt somebody's feelings that they didn't make the criteria or whatever it might be. But I think right now the case for that, I'm um, about ninety. 90- certain from being on the council that next year at the national championship will the top 40 shooters will all be on the same course, same day. And that's what you get. If you, if you don't want it, then, then you're not going to be eligible to win the folks that are don't make that cut of the top 40. They're still eligible to win going out there and shooting any time they want any two day rotation, four day rotation. You know, none of this is set in stone, but I think we got a good argument that that's going to happen for 2022. And if anybody was here, shot three days, you know, and they have anything in the decision-making to that, I th- I, they don't have a really good, ar- any argument that that wouldn't be the fairest way to host the national championship. Yeah,
6: and that would be that would be awesome, too, because, you know, the sponsors like Winchester, to have all of the top shooters shooting at the same time, you're going to have everybody that's here that's not shooting at that time, their golf cart's going to be out on the course, and it's going to be a big deal.
0: That's right. That's a good point. You know, and you that's know good. Every, everybody yeah. that
6: they want to see is in the same area and they can, it might be a circus with all the golf carts, but it's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. It's the first I've heard of. It's not the first I've heard of the idea. It's the first I've heard that it's probably yeah, going to I happen.
6: Think it, I think
5: it's going to happen. Just, you know, one, I'm going to push for it, you know, yeah. and I'm on the council and I don't know why, you know, if there's, it's going to come to a vote. It's only a fair way to do it. I don't know who, if you vote against it, you know. People are just afraid of all the what ifs and what if this and what if that, et cetera. But you, you set a strict criteria. If you make the cut, you're on that rotation. No ifs, ands, or buts. There's still a lot of details to iron out. And if you're not on that rotation, you're still eligible to win. You know, yeah. uh, we're not going to give you any restriction on what days you can shoot or the weekend before. And you know, the thing that people don't realize is all the top shooters will go. You know, top shooters and quotes, whatever that is, right? You know, it goes. Well, what if you know, all the best guys are out there on one rotation, and it blows crazy for three days. And somebody that doesn't make the top forty cut comes in on on Saturday and s- Sunday before and wins. Well, they win, okay. You know, you're kind of putting all your eggs in one basket. Yep. So that's that's part of the you know you can't you can't come up with a criteria that puts everybody on the same course the same day because there's simply not enough room. Right. So you got to narrow it down to forty, and you would think that you're criteria is good enough to pick the top 40 guys in the country and that the winner should come from that top 40 most likely. Maybe it doesn't. You know, somebody gets a better draw and has a good week of shooting and they win, you know, and everybody's got to accept that guy as the winner, you know.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea. Speak. You brought up Winchester, Donnie. Winchester's become really heavy in the sport, I guess you'd say, really strong oh, yeah. in the sport in the past few years. Yep. And, I've, I mean, everybody's noticed that. Um, what, what's Winchester's goal – Going into 2022, what what's? The, what I mean, I, the
6: goal, the overall goal, is to keep keep growing the sport. I mean, I think you saw that this year with the uh, Winchester Ladies Cup. Mm-hmm. You know, there was uh, Zach tells a story about a couple years ago. He won the nationals and he won a pretty good amount of money. And Desi also won, and her money was significantly less than than Zach's. Um, and that you know, that's just there was 90 percent of the shooters are, are men. Generally, at most of these shoots, so it's not like it was something that was baked that way. So yeah. Winchester, we we saw the opportunity to kind of help that out and, and give more uh, recognition to the ladies, and it's been it's been going very well. So we started the uh, sponsoring the NSCA Championship Tour in twenty nineteen. Uh, twenty nineteen was a pretty big year for us because we picked up Zach and Desi uh, as, as sponsored shooters, um, Rollins Brown and Kimball Dupont. And then shortly thereafter, Anthony. Um, so, that was a really big year. Last year was a good year at, at the shoots. I uh, learned a lot of shooters shooting. We, it was a COVID year. Um, so, the second year of the tour was a little quieter than the first. Right. And then now the third year has just been has been massive. Uh, so, the third year was the Ladies' Cup. And then we've, obviously, we've sponsored the podcast, Shotgun right. Sports USA. So. There's a, there's a lot going on shortly after that I think January February Theo we, yep. we signed Theo yep. um, and then this past within the past couple weeks uh, Eric Harvey uh, Mike and Kayla Wilgus and then of course uh, Connor Daniel another great youth shooter we've been uh, supporting him this last yep. year as well so yeah, every, everything's going awesome and and uh, we we are gonna sponsor the tour uh, for another three years so I, you know at it's definitely something the the snowball's going down the hill and everybody that works at Winchester especially in my department the marketing department is very active in the shooting sports especially sporting clays and yeah. then you know everybody hunts hunts and fishes and I mean the, the, the
0: president too. of Winchester comes out and shoots with everybody That's right yeah you Bre- know?
6: Brett is Brett is very active he shoots he shoots so Eric's a local shooter with us he probably shoots with more than i do he
4: shoots all the time i was gonna say you call brett and say hey we're gonna shoot he's there (laughs) right yeah he's he's all about it he'll and he'll drive he'll
6: drive he'll drive several hours out of his way (laughs) he'll go to jacksonville He'll go to flc i mean he's yeah he's very very active in the sport so that's that's good for the sport it's you know it's it's good for winchester it's good for sporting clays and and also we also became the official ammunition sponsor of the ata Mm -hmm. uh the Amateur Trap Shooting Association. So that's that's huge. That's a lot of that's a lot of trigger pulls, that's a lot of targets uh being broken. Um and then the SCTP, the Scholastic Clay Target Program, which is the biggest youth organization in the in the United States. So yeah. there's a lot of good things happening in the game.
0: Yeah. Eric, now that you're on Team Winchester, yep. I know that's probably been a goal of yours to, to get a sponsorship cool. like this. Yeah. How does that feel to you?
4: It's cool, it's an honor. Um get to represent one of the best companies there and right there in my backyard it's it's kind of a neat deal so so you can go to the factory and go to the factory you, when you run I out live, you can
0: just go get some yep, you
4: know, I, yeah hopefully <laughs> 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 no i live i live probably about an hour and a half hour and 45 minutes from down there so we shoot down in nilo a lot and yeah that type of stuff so it's kind of kind of been a cool deal so yeah
0: what about you theo I know you're shooting double A's, but your family's been doing it forever.
2: Yeah, and a lot of people don't know that when I was a junior shooter, I was sponsored by Winchester back in 2010, 11, and 12. And to see the difference from then to now, just the support that Winchester is showing now in in the sport, you know, there wasn't a president coming out and competing, and there wasn't this big of a team at the time. So to see the growth
6: and the enthusiasm is, is huge. Yeah, yeah, I did forget one thing. We're also the sponsor of the of the USA teams for uh, sporting clays and feetask. So Zach and Anthony have been captains for how long? Have you guys been captains of that?
3: I, I I'd like to touch on something. The uh, I think a lot of shooters have been very appreciative of Winchester here in year two of COVID with these ammo shortages. Um, Winchester has definitely made a huge effort to make sure that these NSCA shoots, ATA shoots. Setp
6: are uh, are taken care of. Yeah, we've we've made really good relationships with a lot of the clubs, including Anthony's Club. So yeah, if if there's an event that we're sponsoring and, and you're a shooter, rest assured there there will be Winchester ammo there for you. This shell house here at, at the complex. I mean, what eighty percent? I was going to say was, that. Yeah, there was there was a sizable amount of uh, of ammo sold this week. And <laughs> it, yeah, I got here. There's a on. lot of Winchester ammo, so. So kind of go back five years from now, Brett kind of had tasked, you know, Brett, the president of Winchester, he wanted to see more red shells in the trash cans. That was kind of like, because, you know, I've been coming to this event probably since 2010. uh, And the trash cans were not always fully red. You know, three years into this uh, championship tour, I can tell you the trash cans at these events are full of double A boxes, full of double A hulls. It's, it's pretty well, evident when
0: when it, when it's when you can get a hold of the best and shoot the best, why not shoot the best? You know, I mean, it's that's what I think. And I was going to talk about the ammo barn also. It seems like there's more shell, more Winchester than anything
6: else. We did a good job of uh, of allocating some ammunition to this event. We have a great relationship with the NSCA and uh, Mike Hampton and and, and Royce, who kind of runs the shell barn. They've if if they need something, we're usually there to help them.
0: You know, something else. I've I mentioned this to Tony. You know the guy running the t shirt? yeah. Yep. Anthony knows Tony pretty good. <laughs> is there's more more apparel and more more things to buy in these stores now, which is good. I mean, you know, it's just yeah. you pink out, you're giving out towels. Yeah, and- I
5: mean I can remember I've been coming here for twenty six years. Okay. I can remember, you know, and for whatever reason it's because the branded maybe uh, invested their time doing something else or their resources doing something else. But you could come into the Winchester building 15 years ago and there'd be some person standing there going, you know, what can I help you with? I'm like, I don't know. I'm just checking stuff out. I'm like, okay. You know, there's nothing there to buy. There's nobody to talk to. And you know, they, they sent somebody down there just to kind of fill in space. Right. So they've changed that drastically. You know, they're, they're focused on our sport. Um, more so than than I've ever
6: seen, which is awesome.
0: Yeah, that's everybody, really. Yeah, and you you, know, you
6: guys in. have done a lot to that too. I would say, because um, everybody everybody sees you, they talk to you out on the field, and you know people are coming up. And I know you guys are focused on shooting, but you always go the extra mile to like talk to somebody, shake a hand, and that that goes a long way.
0: Let's talk about the the tournament. I know we want to talk about the tournament, how it's going, how you hope that it ends up, Zach when you started out Thursday shooting the main, kind of give a rundown of how it was with you and the wind.
3: I I think I kinda of got lucky. We started on the uh, the orange, which is kind of in the middle of the of the four courses there. A little more trees. I didn't really feel like it was too windblown. Um I don't think it got affected too much. I think I, I got lucky there. Um put up a good number, um good first day score. Um Definitely got affected the second day shooting shooting the green. Later, in describe our round.
0: the courses for the people listening. The orange course, it's a course. But kind of describe the well targets. the
3: so the four main event courses here at the complex run east west. It's a straight line east west road, and they're basically in quarters across the property. The two middle courses, which would be red and orange, are a lot more trees. The mm-hmm. ends, the east end and the west end, are are definitely a little more out in the open, um definitely affected by the wind more. Um it's all it this, this shoots the luck of the draw, man. It's been, it's been this way for years. We I have I don't recall having heavy wind for 3 consecutive days, but there's always one day that's going to blow pretty good. And I can tell you inside events, you you kind of got to get a, a little lucky. You're going to get you're going to catch the short straw several years in a row on some of these side events. Um, sometimes you start an event here, and you know that winning score is not going to come off. There's too many good shooters, and that winning score is not going to come off that bad weather round. Um, so, but this year, with I mean, three three consecutive days of of heavy wind has really affected some stuff.
0: I haven't looked at the scores from last weekend, but do you think any of those scores hold up? to win in the national, i don't
3: the in the open high overall no okay. but there's a very good chance that some of the concurrents are won off of either the weekend the saturday sunday or maybe even the monday tuesday rotation i'm not sure those names that we're looking at i'm not sure uh which one of those rotations they shot
2: yeah and zach what day or what time did you start thursday
3: 3 30 3 30 okay and yeah. Then, yeah, it was windy yeah,
2: that's the time I started.
4: Yeah. Okay. And I,
3: honestly, I don't, I mean, Eric's on my squad. I don't think we were affected
4: too much. No, I thought our second day, our green course, our 8 a.m., was affected more towards the end. It started nice. Yeah, it started very nice. It started It started cold. Yeah. But it was about halfway through, the wind picked up, and that's when stuff started getting a little interesting. I If, if I started on one station I, prior, we started on six. If I had started on
3: five. I'd have three more targets on my scorecard right now. Definitely. But that's
4: just, again, luck of the draw.
0: <laughs> Simply because of the wind.
4: Yes. I watched Zach miss three on one station, Our last <laughs> station. He had a good score going and missed three on the last station. <laughs> yeah, really. That's, that's it, what it, it is. It, it, I was going to yeah. say, it was just blowing down. There was nothing to do about it. So, yeah.
0: Where'd you start Thursday? Yeah.
4: I started on green
5: at uh, 1030.
0: Is that, is that the hardest in your opinion, the most difficult course out here—the green
5: course—historically, it has been. It's the most open. I mean, any year it could be the different course, but I would say historically, it's where the, you know a lot of the lowest scores come off of. It's just got the more room for big targets. Uh, I started at ten thirty. The wind was had started to blow a little bit. You know, by eleven o'clock, it was ripping pretty good. Um, started off nervous. Been shooting real well, and you know. You started off nervous. Yeah, real nervous. I Couldn't even feel my feet on the first two stands. Okay, I swear to God. (laughs) Really? Uh, Yeah, I missed. You always get nervous. Uh, not always. It just to be honest with you, I've shot, been shooting this year. I feel like I'm shooting the best I ever have, and I'm very confident. Um, and I just, you know, basically, and it was so much so that I, you know. Thought a lot about winning this tournament, maybe too much so, and uh, just started nervous. I missed my last bird on my first stand, just simply, you know, afraid to miss. And then I go to the next stand. It was probably the hardest station that I've seen so far in the tournament. Just happens to be my second station after I missed the last bird on the first station being nervous, and everybody on my squad's missing. My squad's having a rough, a rough, a rough week. <laughs> Uh, which isn't normal, but, you know, we've just had bad draws on some wind and nobody can kind of get any traction type thing. And everybody on my squads missed two, missed two, missed three, you know, and I step in there and Dutch the first pair on the uh, – miss the first pair on my th- – out on my second station of the Nationals, kill a pair, miss another one, kill a pair. Then I got a good, you know, a good run going. And uh, so I was down four birds in my first two stands in the National Championship. And uh, just, you know, worked really, really, really hard and shot a 70 in, on some tough conditions and was super happy with my score given how I started uh, and the wind, etc. And, uh, you know, the next day I kind of felt the same way throughout my first round on yellow. Their wind was blowing, but it didn't affect it. It made a couple... Stations maybe a hair easier and a couple of hair harder. There was one bad two on yellow that was freaking mile away. You know, you'd pop out of the tree and it was seventy yards away. You know, I oh, hit yeah. it three out of four times. You know, but you could have, you could have missed it. You know, every yeah. time just with a little bit of poor execution. But uh, on the f- on yellow, I just missed one, 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 a couple of stands, and at the end, I misread a tower and you know killed me. You know, it was the kind of nail in the coffin for for me winning the national championship. You know, I just misjudged it, misjudged it, panicked, all the above. You know, so that's the game.
0: The people you shoot with, your squads, Corey, yourself, Greg Wolf, and Travis Mears, right? Does that – do you think shooting with those guys help you?
5: It does at times. I mean, what it does is you see somebody shoot something well and helps you build a little bit of confidence. I would definitely say that given that really none of us are shooting well, um, it's probably hurt us all this week because we're so used to somebody, you know, being in there running stand- targets and giving a good example and a boost of confidence. You know, when I'm following Greg, I've never seen Greg Wolf shoot as bad as he's shooting right now. Uh, he's my good buddy. He, he would agree with what I'm saying. Right. Uh, I mean, he's you know he's missing two pairs at a time. You know, back to back. You know, um, uh, and that doesn't help. You know, but right. none of us are. We're, we're all kind of doing the same thing, and it's just to be honest with you, it probably started a lot with the wind. You know, because we've got out and we've shot, we shot the super sporting the first day, and I shot well and didn't score well. We shot uh, Off Cup at three thirty on on uh, Thursday, which you know, for practical purposes, scoring was actual waste of time. Okay, it probably hurt our hurt everybody's performance throughout the rest of the weekend because we shot so poorly okay there was stations where you you know i missed i had two there's a 96 on the board or something there's two stands back to back that i hit half the birds okay (laughs) you know so how's that going to help you the rest of the week okay you're actually a detriment to your own confidence just being out there shooting so yeah yeah, I mean, generally a good squad helps you, but a good squad that's shooting bad, I would say hurts you. <laughs> you. So, sh-
0: shooting like that is hurting your confidence?
5: Yeah, it's just making you make bad decisions and doubt yourself and shoot something where you normally wouldn't shoot it, and it's not helping, you know, and if you look at the scores overall for all the classes, right, that's a big part of why, you know, and I hope the people that are here shooting understand that, that the targets, the target centers, I think, have done an excellent job. I like I think the targets are really good. I haven't seen a bad target yet. I think the distances and the difficulty is appropriate. But the w- scores that people are shooting is not a reflection of the how the targets are set. It's a reflection of the wind. I mean, I shot an 86 in the five stand. I shot an 86 in the K-Cup. I haven't shot two 86s in, a, in an event, any event. Also, I don't think I've shot two scores in the 80s you know, all season, Okay, yeah. <laughs> never mind. Back to back events. And the birds really weren't that hard. You know, it's just, could I have shot low 90s on both of those? Sure, I could have. Okay. But when you get a couple taken away from you from the wind, you doubt yourself, you get off your game of hair, the game's tough. Okay. And taking the, you know, it's just like you can't get any traction and get moving. So that's kind of been the story of, you know, my squad. And uh, I shot well today throughout and just didn't score well, partly because a reflection of just how I feel of getting, you know, beat up the last three days. You know, today I was on 74 on red with two stands to go, three stands to go and missed three birds. Okay. Just, <laughs> you know, because I haven't shots, you know, I, I'm used to missing. Okay. That's why I missed more. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that it's, I think everybody here agrees. Yeah. I, did any of you get yourself get blown by the wind while you're mounting the gun?
5: I had my barrel,
0: I had my barrel getting blown. Yeah,
5: for sure. I mean, oh, yeah. you know, Definitely. just, just it's like, like say.
0: the wind was blowing it some so strong. Yep. That sometimes it, it would blow like yourself. No question. Yeah, you know, and it's what do you do when you call pull that wind blowing, blowing you around? <laughs> you know, it's powerful. <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah, Justin and I, we don't get blown around. Quite no. as much as some of these other guys. Nah, I felt like I need to put on some cleats or something.
6: That's the next thing. That's the next thing. Shooter is cleats. Shooter cleats. Shooter cleats.
0: Right. Shooting cleats. Yeah, yeah.
4: One thing I want to say, and I'm gonna pick on Anthony just for a second. He said he's nervous. How many? How many nationals have you shot? How many? Twenty six nationals. National Twenty six nationals. You're still nervous. Yep. People that haven't come to nationals come. Okay. It, it's you. I. this is my seventh or eighth nationals, and I still when I turn the corner up here to see the complex, it's still
0: you're, you're here. I'm here. Yeah. I'm it's here. Time. It's cool. Yeah. It's cool. You so. posted a picture the other day, Zach. Thirty
3: yeah i my first nationals was nineteen ninety one and I'll reiterate what Eric says, pulling through that making that turn up there by the Beretta Pavilion and looking down on the complex it's I get the same exact feeling I did back then. this is like i't don't, I don't know the augusta national of yeah of, for it's like golf. Jack Nicholas driving yeah. up the it yeah. really yeah. is i mean cool. this was yeah. this was the shoot when I was a kid that everyone talked about everyone wanted to get to and it's kind of like growing up doing it. It's it's kind of like Christmas. You kind of you're gonna go see all your family and your friends, and and you're gonna get a heck of a competition as well. Yeah, I think
5: you know what we talked about earlier with changing the format for this rotation would be a you know a game changer for our sport. Uh, just for people coming out and being able to see it at the end, it's a game changer for all the competitors too. Just in terms of it, yeah. you know you that a level playing field is big difference, and we don't really do that in our sport uh, throughout the year. So, you know, sometimes the sport's hard enough for someone to be consistent in, you know, so to have a dominant player is difficult because you don't have a, an even playing field rarely. So I think it would be a, an interesting uh, – you know, change for, 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 and a positive change for, for spectators, participants, and you know, the person that's going to be crowned the national champion.
0: Do you think they should do that for every tour stop? No. Regionals and U S open.
5: I don't because look, you know, I'm a classic example. Uh, Most of the regionals I'm going to make by flying in on Thursday and flying out Sunday afternoon. Okay. If Donnie told me, well, you got to stay there you know, uh, till Monday, you know, I'm gonna, you know, hand him back my gear. Okay. Because I'm, I'm not going to do it. Okay. Right. You can't pay me enough money to, right. to, to, to be there for five days. It's just not in the deck of cards for me. Right. Uh, I don't want to do it. I'm not going to do it. So, right. and there's a lot of people that might be in the same boat, you know, if they're trying to shoot at a high level and still get home, be with their family and run a business, et cetera, that, you, if you told them something like that, you're forcing them to be on a mandatory rotation, et cetera. I shot in the South Central Regional, and I was home at nine o'clock at night uh, from Texas, you know, right. the connection connecting flight. Right. So you know, I left by two in the afternoon. So certain rotations. So look, at the end of the day, it's a regional championship. It's important, but you know, nobody's going to winning a regional championship doesn't change your life. You know, for some people trying to strive to be the best they can in this discipline, winning a national championship does change your life. Right. You know, you could be recognized and get a sponsor that you wouldn't be able to get, you know. And what if you were really close and got the bad draw on the wind and you could have won that thing and been a breakthrough shooter and somebody gave you an ammunition sponsorship or a gun sponsorship and now you can do this at the highest level. So, you know – winning a regional championship's not, you know, not going to change your life, but winning a national championship could, you know, it yeah. just puts you in a different class as a as a shooter and, you know, that's that's a big deal and it should be it should be uh one on level playing field.
0: Yep. Yeah. Are all of you in on that idea? Oh yeah, 100%. Yeah. Definitely. I would, I would I think, think it's so. a good it's idea. Totally way to go.
5: I do idea.
3: believe uh Rick Hemingway at the US Open next year is going to have a championship yeah. rotation. He yeah, is. very, very yep. similar. So it's basically
5: with him doing it and then with what we're trying to do here, it's kind of, you know, if we can get it done for those, you know, it can be making a precedent for U.S. Opens and then I think that's
0: – Well, you know the next question people are going to ask when they hear that is, is that mean there's going to be another class?
5: No, because you're shooting the same course and the same targets and you're basically just trying to say that the odds are that someone in this 40 wins that's the odds. Okay. Right. I think I don't think anybody would disagree with that. Doesn't mean it's a guarantee. That's right. the that's the odds. So you're trying to narrow down the probability that the people that are most likely to be the US Open champion or the national champion come from the the shooting on the same right. conditions. If somebody else is, gets a different draw and maybe gets better weather than them, then hats off to them that 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 they that they won it and guess what you're gonna be in the, you're gonna be on that that rotation next year
0: yeah now I've seen you, Theo I've seen you shooting a whole lot more this year it seems like than maybe years prior is that right
2: There was a stretch from about 2007 to 2010 or 11 where I was shooting even more than I am now yeah um, and that was due to mostly my parents were paying for everything, right? So as you get older, (laughs) things change and uh, responsibilities um, come into play. But, uh, yeah, I'm shooting a lot. Um, Obviously, Winchester picking me up definitely helped a lot. Um, And uh, just uh, a hunger for the sport in me kind of came back, wanting to compete, and now I'm teaching a lot more. And so just being in in the sport from a teaching standpoint, and a competitor standpoint, um, for some reason made me enjoy the sport a little bit more. Yeah. Yeah. How's
0: your week going?
2: Yeah, pretty good. Um, I started at three thirty on Thursday on yellow and, uh, yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, I started on a stretch where the wind was blowing the birds out. And so we got to a batu station. I think Anthony touched on it and, uh, I've never seen a batu make a full flip, but on that station I did. <clears throat> wow. And, uh, yeah, it was crazy. And you could have taken it at the top, but for me I felt like I would – I didn't have enough time to really connect with the bird, and I would have kind of just been thrown you're, you're at it.
5: A, you're putting a – you're just poking at it. Yeah. At 70 yards, 65, 70 yards. I, I shot my first shot at the – at the, at the top, thinking, you know, when it comes out of there, I just got to get in front of that thing yep. and, and take it, you know, yep. and I missed it. Yep. And it felt like a good shot, so then I let the next ones kind of roll down a little bit, and it would basically almost go back on edge before mm-hmm. i fire, you know, yep. at probably 65 yards, 70 yep. yards. Every time I broke it, I was surprised I hit it.
2: That was the same way. I took it on the drop every single time and hit it except for my last one, and that son bitch was like 90 yards. You know, we just got a hard, <laughs> hard, a hard gust, and I was like, okay, and then it got flat, and so you got less bird to shoot at. And so, you know, it was a tough course to, to start on. I mean, I got to the tower, and in the wind, that tower was ridiculous. I mean, it's already hard enough, I'm sure, without it, but, I mean, that midi, the first birds, you know, dropping 5 to 10 feet, and it's what? What do you think? Fifty-five yeah, yard? Yeah, it's a pretty
5: good pro. Probably shoot it quick. It's probably forty-five. Right. You
2: know? And so you just gotta have good timing. And I shot. I only missed one there. So I w- I'll take that. Ended up shooting at sixty-seven. Missed a couple on a Rabu station. I gave too much respect. I just got quick on it, and the wind's pushing behind it. So I thought it was moving quicker than it was, and shot out in front of it twice. And you know, I just made a couple mistakes, but I mean, it wasn't a terrible start to the week. But I knew I had to shoot in the 70s the rest of the time. Yeah. So,
0: well, people that have never been here and they're hearing that Anthony shot a 70 and you shot a 67, they're shooting out of 75 targets. Okay, <laughs> so right. it's not out of 100. So you got four days of 75 targets. So, um, it's it's been interesting to me just to watch the scores because you never know. I mean, like when I saw Greg's scores. I was like well, I've never seen Greg post a score that low. Yeah, he's you know, you know, the
5: wind's not helping, he's struggling and it's in his head and uh, I mean he's a he's excellent shooter, he's just the game's tough and you uh, know. Oh yeah. The world champion.
0: Right? I mean, you know, I saw Comerford, your buddy, John. I asked him if he was shooting with you Zach and he said no. Why not?
3: He had to, he had to do something with uh with the uh with work with the NRA,
0: isn't that your lucky charm?
3: He is. I've I've <laughs> he's at a fundraiser a lot today. In a Dallas. lot of these damn things with him.
0: Really?
5: Yep. He raised two point four million dollars for the NRA. Really? Wow. I gave him some Winchester shells because they ran out. So he's he's he he had hit. I told him he's like, you got any extra shells for me? They ran out of shells. Like at the there's a fundraiser. They're shooting. And uh, I got six boxes in my car, but I but I need them for tomorrow. I'm like, just give them away. It's your thing. I got six boxes for you. So yeah.
6: John, Winchester John's helped
5: them raise yeah. 2.4 million today.
6: John's the guy that uh, sells all the shells at M M&M and M at all the big shoots. Yes, I actually chill. had a lot of fun selling ammo at the shoot <laughs> this shoot. Like I feel like I hung out more in the ammo barn helping him sell ammo <laughs> than actual at the our little table that had uh, our banner and everything at it. So
0: he's a professional he said he told me he said you know we did that podcast with him and he said every you know not everybody but a lot of people came up to him and asked him about his podcast working in the ammo barn so you got a guy from the nra in the ammo barn
5: yeah he john and i went to kindergarten together that's the reason why he's in the shooting sports and everything
0: he's sitting here
2: and what the four of us have combined to shoot probably 80 nationals you know, if you think about it, I'm 17, 26, 30, eight. I mean, that's crazy, and we're talking about, you know, how, you know, the butterflies in our stomach when we come to this event, oh, yeah. you know, that much
6: experience, it still means that much to us. I never
0: yeah. would have thought that. Well... I, I never would have thought that.
6: Yeah, and so, Anthony, you've been on a tear since, I would say, November of last year. Yeah, I mean... So, I was- he, won, he won the world fee task. Mm-hmm. Uh the u.s Open, a couple runner-ups at some regionals and for you you know for you to say that you've had butterflies is like like amazing yeah
5: i've been really confident in my shooting and it's partly you know it was kind of a learning experience for me this nationals um i'm really confident in my shooting you know uh, if i set my mind on something it generally you know helps Um, this scenario i'm not really sure you know to be honest with you it it probably if i would have if I would have I started off really well in the super sporting the first day, you know, confidence is such a huge part of the game that if you if you know you're going to hit them and you know you're going to win, you're probably going to win. You know, if you're hoping you do, you're you're doing exactly that. You're hoping, you know, it's probably not going to happen. If you think you will, you will. If you if you uh, if you're not sure, you you that means no. Okay. <laughs> um. So like, if I would have got off, ran a couple stands on the super sport and shot, I was this close to shooting. 96 or 7 in the wind you know people were like man that 92 was good in the wind i'm like you know no i I could have had 96 or 7 in the wind if i would have done that i would have started off the next day a little bit different frame of mind and you know i feel like if that would have been the case i'd be down you know eight birds in the main event and three days that's how i feel about my shooting you know just but that's the you know it's fragile you know yeah, yeah. once you once you break it you know it seems like
6: it seems like there's a lot of times where people go on a one two year run and then it kind of dries up for a little bit and then they come back like zach explain that a little bit i don't know if it goes in years
3: i've i've always explained it to my students and stuff that it, i feel like you go in like a three to four month kind of Kind like of a ride funk, the wave, kinda. kind of, yeah, kind of on a three or four month high, and then a, and then down another few months. Um, yeah, and you got to peak at the right
5: time. You know, that's the. Yep. Yeah, as those. I've gotten
3: older, I think my valley or like low is higher than it's ever been. I think that's right. obvious. And shorter, right? You yeah. know, so that's. The, um. But that's the goal, but <laughs> I've been in every scenario here. Literally every everything that could happen to you at nationals has happened to me, and it took me I think my twenty fifth nationals is when I finally won HOA, so that's so you're <laughs> telling me I'm doing good. This is only you're my twenty sixth. Awesome. <laughs> 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 and, it, and I I can remember not that long ago, maybe ten years ago, Anthony texting me on Thursday after I finished my round. How'd you do? And I'll tell him like oh terrible 61 or 60 and he's like oh my god how the hell are you doing <laughs> Yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, after i won my first one definitely i mean my whole i mean it shows in my whole uh, all my shooting i mean once that monkey was off my back it it all became easier
5: Yeah i mean um, i i think what happened to me this is what happened to me this year you know and i'm still shooting okay i had one if i take back the tower that i messed up i'm right in the game you know yeah. but i i'm actually for how well I feel like where my game is, I literally feel like I could miss one or two birds a day so far, and that would be it, okay? I should be down four birds That's what I feel like even with the wind, you know, which is, a, a, you know, might think as an exaggeration, but that's how I feel about my shooting. So, you know, that's why I've been shooting well. Um, What happened to me is I've been very confident in my shooting for a year and a half, and when that's the case, I haven't gotten nervous. Okay. You know, you know, when, like the US Open, the targets were not that difficult. Um, they were good. They weren't easy. You know, there's good shooters who only shot 180. You know, uh, I missed three birds. I actually never felt, besides maybe like my last couple stands, my first couple stands of the third day, I never felt like I had any chance of missing a target. Okay, you know, that's right so it's like someone how could you feel how could you shoot one ninety seven? Because I never felt like I even remotely saw a bird that I entertained the possibility that I could miss it. That's how confident I felt with my game. Now here the birds are a little harder and my overall confidence wasn't high enough to overcome the desire that I had to you know, that created the pressure and being nervous to win the national championship. If the birds were a little bit easier, I probably would have got away with it.
0: Yeah. You know,
5: so you basically have a uh, expectation and your, your nerves come from the probability that that, that that won't happen. That's where your nerves actually come from or fear that it might not happen. So the birds were just hard enough. I happen to start on what I would say is the hardest station I've seen so far, you know, station second station on two on the green and, one of the hardest, anyway, and they're station three on the ground. Would not describe you know, that? What are they? It's just a low off-speed, mid off to mid-speed. The ground kind of the ground kind of tapers down, and the bird dives into the ground, so it's dropping kind of the whole way. But it's off-speed enough that you have to really ride the bird, you know, the whole way to to feel the speed of the bird. I don't think it's a bird that you want to just. Jump out in front of it, and shoot it early. So you have to have good control of the target. You got to be under the target, and you got to spend some time with the target. So when you're when you're nervous, what that means is you 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 you're you're more likely to get careful and check the barrel, etc. So I did that on the first one, panicked, missed the second bird of the pair. You know, now at that point you're you know you're coming unraveled. You know, yeah. so anybody that shoots knows exactly what I'm talking about, and you know that's basically. Happened to me and, you know, so you get nervous because, you know, you want to hit the targets and you, you have just enough doubt in the back of your mind that there's a pr- probability that it's not going to happen. You know, you can look at the scores here. Yeah, the wind is bad, but you can look at some really good shooters and go and look at their score and go, I get so-and-so got 50-something. Okay. Well, the wind didn't affect him that much because somebody on the same rotation shot 67. So yeah. You might think of it as less experienced shooter than him. So how did how the one guy beat the other guy by 10? Who's not as not as qualified of a shooter because the other guy got behind the curve and started doubting himself and trying not to miss, and you know his whole world you know caved the caved in on top of him.
1: Yeah, you know,
5: that's what it felt like to him. You know, and if you've ever sh- shot well and trying to do well at any level, don't okay, care if you're in E class uh you know exactly what i'm talking about <laughs> oh
0: yeah yep i remember you told me i don't know maybe a couple of years ago that i'm coming i'm coming back right you know you remember telling me that yeah. uh, i'm going to come back and you're going to see me start winning some tournaments again and he's done it so that's good compare the nationals you're speaking of 10 years ago what's the difference in the two size-wise
3: i i think it's grown just gradually over the years um the difference wow Feels the same to me. Doesn't it? <laughs> it's well, ex- it's excites me. Our is big what I change. Mean.
5: Our big change really happened probably like fifteen years ago. You know, when it, it went where to the
3: three day, uh, the
5: Three hundred birds, and it went to you know more side events and super hundred bird. We I remember shooting the nationals with fifty birds, super sporting. Really? Yeah. One. That was probably ten years ago, eleven years ago.
3: 2009, first,
5: 10 was only fifty birds, super sporting. When I so, first
3: started coming, it was K cup, five stand. Fee task, maybe pumping side by side, pumping side by side. They've always done, and that was about it. Subs were 50 burrs at one yeah, time, yeah. Subs were 50s, they were not everyone did just it. grown gradually. There's more
5: people, there's more vendors. Yeah. This, you know, the brands and the different brands here take it or more brands are here and they've got more stuff to sell. And
0: yeah, they mentioned last night that this year is the biggest nationals ever, it is, yeah. and you won the top gun last night too
5: i did and i'm not a very good night shooter so that's a big accomplishment for me <laughs> i have won it a couple times but every time i'm surprised i win it <laughs> i can't tell how far the birds are by just looking at them i gotta look at them hit the ground if i see them hit the ground i can judge them but if i just look at
2: the bird i'm normally way off
0: <laughs> you're pretty good night shooter aren't you theo
2: man it's hit and miss man honestly <laughs> Uh, Obviously, (laughs) yeah. Yeah, Only two options. (laughs) uh, I mean, sometimes you walk out there and it's like you can't miss, and other times it's like you can't even hit them, and you don't. It's like you don't even know where you are at and why you are missing. And then on the you know other side of the coin, you are like, damn, I don't know how I am hitting all these. So yeah. I think it just depends. I think we all can talk about yeah, it. Yeah, all shot at night, tonight.
5: you have – there's two big things that happen for me. Uh, one is distances are very difficult to judge with the light shining onto the birds. Sometimes the birds – you just can't judge how far they are. To me, they look a lot further than they are, okay? Um, you And then for your barrel, if the your barrel's up in the sky – the barrels if they wait till the right time they have good lighting the bird sticks out real big and your barrels you know your barrels invisible cuz it's black in a black sky so for me i can lose reference of where i'm actually shooting at and then i lose reference of where the bird is so if you don't know where the bird is and you don't know where your barrel is you're, you yeah. know, you when i say where the bird is how far away is it okay right. and, what, and then if you don't if you can't judge that real well it's also easy to misjudge angle you know, so for me, if I can see where the bird starts and see where it hits the ground, uh, that's the only thing I can go by. You know, and I put some chalk on my barrel to
2: yeah, I was gonna ask to, the, to, uh,
5: get some type of, to see something in the sky against yeah. the, you know, so you got some yeah. reference for your
6: eye. Right. One thing I've noticed too from night shooting is a lot of the fields, are, they're geared towards trap and skeet, the lighting. So when you set up sporting clays targets and, you know, at it, it farther distances than a 45-yard trap shot, it seems like the trap and skeet lighting is better because you shoot off at night time most of the time, and they are for sporting clays, but just the nature of a lot of the clubs are set up for trap and skeet, the yep. lights, and anyway, just the lights.
0: Yeah, Zach did well last night. I was proud of him.
6: I, I'm
3: kind of like Theo and, well, and Anthony. I've had, I've gone into that event and shot great or, you know, some old PSCAs when we used to shoot at night. I, I'm hit or miss, just like, just like Theo said. Sometimes I look good. Sometimes I'm terrible. Yeah. And, uh, I can't tell you what it's going to be till we get out there and do it. Yeah. 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 Now, how much do you guys
2: believe in chalking the barrel? Obviously, Anthony, you, you believe. I I believe in it for for
5: for sure. Yeah. You know okay. because, uh, like so I chalked my barrel last night. I don't really remember seeing my barrel. Okay. okay. Justin filmed it and whatever he was out there. Filming. I don't remember seeing my barrel.
2: Now I was working the whole whole thing. Okay,
5: I just used an ibuprofen because that's all I had. Okay, Um, (laughs) and you're just doing the rib, whole rib. (laughs) Okay, okay. So you're trying to have a reference. So if someone says I want to get in front of this bird and lead it because it's far, well then you're going to get what in front of the bird, the barrel. But if the barrel's black and the sky's black, you can't see it. So I don't remember seeing my gun really all night. But every station, when I'm planning the birds, I know kind of if I'm going to start on the bird or in front of the bird or build in a big gap or start close to the bird and run with it for a second. And just let my eyes open up the lead. So I plan what I'm going to do. And then when I stepped in there, I really just looked at the bird and kind of let it happen, you know, but I was very diligent prior to getting in the box with my plan of how the shot's going to take place during the shot. I just remember seeing the bird. So, you know, I guess you can make the argument that I wouldn't need to chalk my barrel, but I think that I see it peripherally and my Your brain, subconscious has, my subconscious sure. sees it and, and, you know, it helps me tell me when to pull the trigger.
3: I've chalked them lots of times over the years. I, I don't know if I should admit this or not. Um, I have kind of a, a light sheen of rust on the top of my barrel <laughs> that,
1: that allows me to see it at
3: night now a little better than in the past, so I didn't need to chalk it last night. So
0: you don't clean your gun?
3: No, I do, but, yeah.
6: Use it. <laughs> no, I do, but it has yeah. rust on it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's funny. Well, I do want to bring something up. So, I, I know, Theo, you won this as a junior, right? Yep. And then you got Zach and, and Anthony, have won won it as well. There's only one person sitting in this room, though, that has won the Nilo Open. <laughs> <laughs> That's Eric Harvey. Yeah. Back-to-back Nilo Open champion. Back-to-back. So, so,
0: yeah. He just won something else, too. Won it at FLC?
6: Oh, yeah. Oh, he, yeah. He did. He won the All-American All-Around. Yeah. yeah. But I I did want to plug Nilo Farms a little bit. So Nilo Farms is, is outside of Brighton, Illinois. It's, it's kind of like Winchester. It's, it's our hunting club. Um, It's open to the public. Anybody can go there. And every year for the last three or four years, we've, we've thrown the Nilo open, which is a, I think the one year we had 287 shooters, which is pretty good shoot. A lot of good prizes. Um, So. As we've gotten into sporting clays deeper and deeper, you know, we've invested in the Nilo as well. So we've got a bunch of new traps. Um, We're throwing NSCA registered birds there. So Brighton is about half hour northeast of St. Louis. So if you're in the Midwest, you know, and if you're in a couple hours driving distance of Nilo, you know, come on down and oh it's a great us. day i mean yeah. you could, it's zach, day. zach was out it's there two fun weeks day. ago shoot sporting clays
3: in the morning and then do a pheasant and chucker hunt in the afternoon and
0: really nice i need to go check that out uh how's the new house doing it's good about
5: killed me building it but uh i was a general contractor so uh it went well saved a lot of money building it Harvey helped me out a little bit with some questions. He's an engineer. You, you built to,
4: at the wrong time. I, no, I built <laughs> no, it. Right, you
5: got right at the right I time. Got, I got right, bought all my material before COVID. <laughs> yeah, prices. right on the right side of it. And I yeah. sold my house at the peak of the market, so I got lucky. Yeah. Worked really hard and uh, pulled it off, saved a lot of money, been the general contractor, but it about killed me. Took a couple years off my life.
3: It's a beautiful house. Those girls are going to It's
5: an awesome spot for them to grow.
0: Now how old your girls now? uh, seven,
5: four and 17 months.
0: And is the seven year old starting to show any kind of interest in cheating?
5: She's shooting her BB gun. Yeah. So it's an interesting eye dominance story. She's about as most complex eye dominance as you know, she's only seven. So, you know, I don't know if something will change or whatever, cause I don't really teach that many people that are seven or younger, you know, maybe yep. trying to figure <laughs> it out since she's four. Um, she basically tests if she points one finger, she tests. She points her right finger, she tests left-eye dominant. She points her left finger, she tests right-eye dominant. Okay. If she points the gun, if you get it up there, she's got no idea what direction it's pointing. Okay. <laughs> um, you know, I set up targets for her, and uh, she couldn't hit anything. Okay. I mean, we've been doing this for years. If I hold the gun, be like, pull the trigger, I can tell she doesn't think it's on it because she's, you know. My, my four-year-old daughter, she's I, pretty certain left-eye dominant. She shoots on her left side if I hold her hand and go, hey, pull the trigger when you think you're on it. Like, I got it on it. She could hit twice as many as my seven-year-old daughter, okay? And she'd been doing it for, you know, a a third the time, right? And my seven-year-old daughter was just about at the point where it didn't make any sense to her because she couldn't understand it, and I couldn't get her to, you know, third little, and it's only a BB gun, whatever, but you still want to hit something, okay? You know, and I could kind of hold it on there and get her to hit one, tell her to pull the trigger, but suddenly one day, like, uh, you know, she was getting to a point where I asked, you want to shoot your BB gun? Nah. You know, like she it wasn't entertaining her to her. So I'm like, all right, well, she's definitely cross dominant and not even as simple as like switch shoulders or close. You can't close an eye. Okay. <laughs> close yeah. one eye, both eyes closed.
1: Okay. Right.
5: So I go, all right, what side do you want to shoot on? She goes, I want to shoot on my right shoulder. I'm like, all right. Which I don't think it matters for her. I'm like, all right, we're going to tape your whole left eye shot like Kim Rohde. Okay. And put your glasses on. You know, she's got a little shooting vest and everything. I set up on her playset. It's got like a rock climbing wall. I set the targets on there because put them right on the little rock things. Set up like ten targets on there. I'm like, all right. And I got her a new BB gun. So the one I had before, you know, thinking we're gonna teach her the right way, don't have sights, don't look at the sight. So I got her one with just a regular iron sight. Back to you know, the other one I broke the sights off intentionally. So I got her regular BB gun. Like, I see the little hole. Put the bead in that. Put it right on the target. Okay, she could hit ten targets in a row now with her BB gun. You know, seven years old. Literally, since I taped her eye and got her understand how to aim, you know, she hasn't missed one yet. You know, and she likes to do it. If I went right now, like, you want to shoot your BB gun? Yeah. You know, she runs and gets it and wants to do it. So that's that's really all that matters at this point. You know, yeah. my four-year-old, she's all about it. One minute and she's four years old, right? So yeah. next minute she don't want to. Do, you know, she wants. Yeah. Ride bike. This
0: right? may be the first time I haven't seen your wife at a shoot in a while.
5: Yeah, they've been coming. The kids and the wife's been coming quite a bit. Uh, it's Halloween, so the kids got stuff going on. It's their last cheerleading. Uh, they both cheerlead. They're both cheerleading. Last cheerleading game of the season is actually right now. Yeah, uh, I just looked at my phone. My wife hasn't texted me. That's because they're at the cheerleading. <laughs> yeah. So uh, yeah. they didn't want to miss that. And Halloween's tomorrow. So
0: yeah, they decided to stay home. Right, Harvey. You got some big news. What? Well, don't you have a baby on the way?
4: Oh, baby on the way.
0: Had a baby shower, right?
4: A baby shower. Uh, yeah. Expecting in December, I believe. And it's a boy. It's a boy. Boy's on the way. Right, there you go. Yeah. Look yep. good. After nationals, before Gator Cup. So Somewhere in there. So, <laughs> <laughs> as long as you don't miss any <laughs> that's, shoots. That's right. I was going to say, as long as it all works out timing wise. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Looking forward to it.
6: So, so to put gives the, the the listeners some context, we are in the back room of the Winchester Building. We were supposed to be in the main room with our, so we redid our building. I don't know, three or four, or five years ago, and we were going to be in the front room, getting a lot of nice tables. Uh, but Brett agreed to have a uh, a Desi birthday party and a baby shower in the front of our booth, so we kind of got <laughs> we got delegated to the to the back room. So
0: this couch is more comfortable. This than is a the chairs This anyway. is a comfortable couch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This is good. So we've lost a few good. Uh, people from our sport, to, due to COVID and some other things this year, uh, one of them being Tom Mack. And when you when you come to nationals, you always hear Tom Mack's name. And uh, I know Anthony knew him really well. And
5: yeah, I don't know when I met Tom Mack. He's one of those people that just you you know became your friend over the years shooting, and he's just a real likable guy. You know, I mean, if there was anybody that's that didn't that didn't like him it was because he told too many jokes or he told an inappropriate joke to, to somebody, you know, that'd right. be the only person he just, he was a likable guy. I don't know when I first met him, probably 20 years ago. Um, he's kind of, this guy's always been there. He had a moment in his career, you know, some time in his career, probably 10, 15 years ago when he shot real well, you know, uh, and he's been on the scene and, uh, at major shoots for a long time, He's just a likable guy, nice guy. I think most people, if you got squatted with him, you know, by the end of it, you, you know, he, they, you considered him your friend. You know, if you, right. if you ever had a complaining about him, it was because he was making jokes when you were trying to shoot. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of what he's known for. You know, <laughs> I always joked around about Tom like I Said he's either he's either one of the smartest guys on the planet. Or he sits home rehearsing jokes okay, one or the other because he could just go on.
0: You have any funny stories about him?
5: Yeah. So we were shooting uh at the Western Regional just this year. You know, it was the last time I saw him. He's on the squad behind me. And uh he were, it's in a state park or a county park, and we get done a station, there's a game warden and a park ranger there on a Polaris, and they call my squad over and they go they got a, a t- target box and there's a rattlesnake in there, blown in half. Okay, and they go, Does anybody know who shot this rattlesnake? I'm like, no, you know, and I don't think anybody, if they did, would tell you, but uh, right, <laughs> yeah, no, nobody knows. Okay, yeah. So as we're about ready to get on our golf carts, Tom was on this B squad behind me. His squad pulls up, and uh, these guys go over to his squad. They got the box there with the snake in it. Okay. And we're all waiting there, sitting and listen. I'm really sitting there listening. Cause I'm waiting to see what Tom's going to say. Right. Cause he's, he's just one of those guys that's got a joke or a smart comment about everything. So the guy goes, anybody happen to know who shot this rattlesnake? Tom puts his hand straight up in the air. Like he's a School student. Okay. And he goes, sir, I did, sir. Okay. And salutes the guy. Okay, So at this point, I'm not sure oh if he's actually God. joking. Okay. Because he's always joking or telling the truth. So the guy goes, you're going to have to have a word with me. Come over here, sir. He's like, sir, yes, sir. Okay. Shaking his hand and stuff. The guy doesn't even want to shake his hand. He's patting him on the back. Okay. So, so at this point, again, we still don't know if he actually did it. So he, the guy wants him to step aside. You know, he's like, "I'm not going off the trail." You know, there's rattlesnakes out here. Okay, so he's because he, Tom wants to stay near the group so everybody can hear him.
0: Yeah, okay? right.
5: So the guy's like, uh, "Sir, did you really shoot this rattlesnake?" He's like, "Yes, sir." And, like, and the guy is now very struck because he can't actually admit, can't believe that someone actually admitted, okay, that <laughs> they'd done this. <okay? laughs> yeah, yeah. So the guy goes to Tom. He goes. Do you do you realize it's against the law in the state of Arizona to to hunt and shoot game in a state park or county park, whatever it was? And and Tom goes, a rattlesnake. And the guy goes, yes, a rattlesnake. He goes, can't shoot them. The guy goes, no. He goes, well, with all due respect, sir. He goes, I was not hunting. Okay, we're just. <laughs> we're just out here shooting clays. Okay. So now the guy's like looking at him. He goes, well, it's against the law to harvest wildlife. He goes, sir, with all due respect, he goes, where I'm from, we shoot rattlesnakes and we eat them. Okay. He's like, I got a great recipe for you. Okay. (laughs) So now, now this guy is like looking at him. He can't believe anything that he's saying. And Tom's like, keeps calling him sir. And Mr. Okay. I was walking down the trail and you know, Crossed the trail and I was trying to defend myself, so you know that's why I shot it. He goes and back home we shoot rattlesnakes. Uh, sorry, sorry, I didn't know. So the guy goes and has a team meeting with the other, you know, I think it was a park ranger and a game warden or you know two park rangers, and they come back and they go, they all right, sir, uh, we're gonna let you go, okay, uh, but don't let this happen again. Tom comes back to the group. He goes, thank God. He goes. In the state of uh, Montana or Wyoming or wherever, he goes. I shot an antelope, okay. <laughs> he goes, and they want me to come back out there for court because I tried to settle. It. I tried to settle. It. He goes, I tr- I tried to settle it out of court. it goes, but they want me to come back to court. He goes. I tried to tell the guy on the phone. He goes, I'm gonna have to drive around the state, okay, because I ain't going back out there for court. <laughs> <laughs> this is what he told the game warden after he let him go for shooting the, shoot the rattlesnake. Okay? He told the game warden oh, that. right? So now God. the funny part of all this is, if you know Tom, I don't know if any of this he actually did. Okay, you know, but yeah. he told the whole thing through the story of that he shot this rattlesnake. I would say there's about a 60% chance that he did not even shoot the rattlesnake, okay, and he just knew that he was going to get the opportunity okay, to, mess with somebody. to mess with somebody and, right. and you know, then tell him at the end that he was joking type of a thing. So, yeah. anyway, just a quick story. If anybody knew Tom Mack knows he was a funny guy, and I'll remember those two stories for as long as I live, because yeah. you know they're memorable. Shooting tip I heard Tom Max say, which is pretty good. Okay, I didn't really when he when I heard him telling it to someone, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That's 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 your that's your lesson you're teaching people, Tom. You know he he was standing at a station and he took the shell barrel, which was you know about the size now. of a shotgun pattern. Okay, and he goes, that's your pattern. Okay, and he took it target box and he threw it on the ground like six feet eight feet to the right of the box he's like you're six or eight feet behind it okay your pattern's here the bird's over there he goes i told you four times to get in front of it okay he goes you got a 30 inch pattern and you moved it two inches to the right okay <laughs> he goes you're still six feet behind it okay <laughs> you know and he moved he kept he would get out in front of the cage and he moved the trash <laughs> barrel two inches he goes that's where he shot the second time He goes, you want to know where he shot the third time? He moved the trash barrel over (laughs) over two more inches. And he goes, he goes, Yeah, you're right. You gave it more lead. Okay. He goes, but you didn't move the position in your pattern. Your pattern went in the same spot every time. You know, so if you think think about it, okay, there's a lot of people, less experience, they're behind it. They give it a little more, they get a little more, they give it a little more, they shoot behind it four times, you know. So it was a you know, it was a good kind of lesson that I kind of Realize importance you know y- years later like okay you know someone's trying their best to follow your guidance but they're not actually changing anything they're they're further in front in their mind right okay but on a relative scale they're not actually you know so what his point was he said if you don't move your pattern by 30 inches you're not moving it okay yeah <laughs> you know yeah. so it, you know it's kind of a that's a generalization but it's it's pretty true you know so i, I learned something from him
0: yeah i want to hear the story about your daughter you keep he's anthony's kept telling me i got a story i want to tell you about my daughter on the Fetas field is that yeah. right
5: so the the context you need the context of it so okay. my daughter so the context is i'm in a, it was right around the time i said i'm going to get back into doing some tournaments 2020 covid hit there's not any tournaments i went and shot in the uh south central uh north central regional at Northbrook just flew in shoot out the weekend cause I had a big fishing tournament. Um, but I just went there to get myself back in the game, get some competition experience. And then two weeks later was the North, uh, East region on Hopkins. And anybody that knows in end of, in August, I'm generally in a fishing tournament, you know, so we fished seriously. So we had a fishing tournament, uh, and I was going to go up and shoot Hopkins on Saturday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday. Um, no, actually Saturday and Sunday, just doing the main event and the feet on Saturday and Sunday. Actually I had to squeeze the five standing there. I wasn't I had the tournament. I couldn't come on Friday. So just doing everything on two days. So on Friday night after the tournament is a big party and stuff and awards ceremony and, and you know, it's a you know, it's a big deal and my wife wants to go out and see all of her friends from down there and you know, it's like that's what all the women want to do is go out on Friday night after the tournament and they go to the wards thing, get dressed up and drink too much wine whatever right okay yeah so you know that's kind of the, the fun part for them is socializing and all that right right so we go out on friday evening into that and i'm just ready to go home you know i'm just having a couple beers just to you know stay awake so yeah. we don't i don't go to bed till two o'clock and 1 30 in the morning before i get to bed i get i'm in ocean city maryland i got to drive two hours to go to the tournament i'm shooting 50 feet test main event and 105 stand i got two hour drive to get there i'm like i'm gonna take my youngest daughter who's three and a half okay and anybody who knows me and when i interact with my kids etc i'll you know i do whatever okay i'm not afraid to take all three of them go out to dinner by myself with them or whatever you know change diapers i don't you know i don't care right right you know if anybody somebody else can do it i can do it so I i ain't i ain't really worried about that so she's potty training at this point you know doing pretty good okay but you know, I should have brought spare clothes, et cetera. I didn't. And this kid, my her name is Amelia. She's awesome. She's super enthusiastic about taking her to do anything. I'm like, you want to go to the tournament with me? We're gonna be out there all day. Yeah. You know? Can we get candy? Yeah. You know? Yeah. So we we uh we head up there. We drive two hours. I'm tired as can be. I slept like three, four hours the night before. I get there, register real quick, go out, get my golf cart, go out there. And I'm at Hopkins. I'm on the first parkour right behind the clubhouse. So before we went out there, I'm like, you got to go potty? She's like, yeah. So we go into the bathroom, okay? She's potty training. So, you know, she's three and a half, okay? She'd basically been potty trained and lost it a little bit. And she's does fine going pee and sometimes not going number two, whatever. So um, she's like three and a – not quite three and a half. So I'm like, you better go to the bathroom before we go out there, okay? So – she goes in, and she's at the she's three and a half, and I'm like, you know, she's like, I don't want you to come in. Okay, you know. <laughs> you know, So I'm in the men's room, stand out the stall. She so she goes pee. We go out there, we're on the feet, first feet test. So I get out there, I haven't shot since I shot in the region, I hadn't practiced that much. The targets are extremely difficult, okay. If anyone shot in that region or at the northeast season, hopkins targets were extremely difficult and the feet test very edgy. Okay. I mean, they're tough. Um, get on the first peg I run the first peg or, uh, run the singles. You know, I can, some of the birds, you know, I can't tell if the birds are on edge or I'm going off of, you know, three hours of sleep and driving two hours. Okay. And fishing all week, you know, and we're fishing all week and fishing, you know, sleeping three, four hours a night. Okay. Right. <laughs> for this tournament. Right. So get to the second peg. I shoot the singles. I'm shooting with my buddy, Bill Dennis student. He goes, your daughter's got to go to the bathroom. Okay. And I'm like, ah, she should be all right. We just went. Okay. So I'm like, Amelia, are you all right? She's like, yeah, I can hold it. Okay. I'm like, all right. So the the clubhouse is right there, but I got to run around to the men's room and I'm in the middle of feet test. You can't leave and go to the bathroom. (laughs) (laughs) You know, know, I got it. There's not, you can't pee in a bush. Okay. There's people everywhere. It's close to the clubhouse. Right. Right. So, we shoot i shoot the doubles okay i'm still straight shoot the doubles okay get to the next peg okay i shoot the singles i'm first up on the singles i shoot the singles and i come out and i'm like are you going to make it she's like i got to really go bad okay <laughs> i'm like all right harry i pick her up i'm like come on let's go I just grab her. We got to run like 40 yards to the bathroom. Lucky it was near the clubhouse, you know, or would a uh, port-a-potty if we were out in the field. So the cl- I pick her up. I run. I'm like, all right, you ready? You got to go? Okay. I'm like, I thought you already went. She's like, I got to go poop. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like, all right. You know, so we get in there, right? And I'm literally like, I got enough time between you shoot singles and doubles. And I was up first, so I got a little bit more time. You know, so I get her in there. You know, same thing. She's like, I want you to leave. Okay. You know, I'm like, all right, I'll stand outside the stall. I'm like, you got to hurry up. Okay. You know, I'm like, you know, and I'm like rushing her. I'm like, are you done? Okay. She's like, okay, I'm done. Okay. So go in there, wipe her ass. okay, <laughs> Pull her pants up. You know, she pooped one little turd about the size of a quarter. Okay. <laughs> so you got looked forward to hard. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So we run back out there. Oh my god. I missed one in the double shoot 24, okay, which is like the guy is like, "Man, that's awesome, you know, I probably would have hit that one, right?" I missed, you know, the birds were hard. And he's like he's like, "That's awesome. The, the highest score on here has been 21." I'm like, "Oh, cool." Okay. So we go to the next parkour pull over there. Meanwhile, nobody on my squad actually knows this story. Okay. So it'll be the first time they've heard the whole thing. Okay. And this part, it's a little bit graphic. Okay. But it's little kids. So it's, you know, yeah. it's funny. And this is, you know, I ended up winning the, when the whole fee test was said and done, I won the feet test event by seven birds. Mm. Okay. Out of 100. <laughs> wow. So this is all happening. Okay. <laughs> so I go to the second layout. We're there, like early, sitting there. Okay and a guy that I give lessons to, his name's Rick, he comes over, he's talking, he's like, hey man, good to see you, we're sitting there waiting, we could have went to the bathroom, done whatever, okay, um, she's sitting there on the golf cart coloring on her book or whatever, okay, and Rick's talking to me or whatever, and he's talking to her, and she's sitting right there in the cart, and I get up off the cart, and I'm getting my stuff, and I look, and it's just lucky I caught it or we would have had a real damn mess okay so i i get up off my car and i'm getting you know literally like the referee's walking over at this point okay and i'm putting shells in my pocket and i'm like you all right amelia you got everything you need and i'm looking at her like just like i'm looking here towards zach okay about that far away but i'm on a little different angle and i look between her leg and her shorts okay okay in the front okay not in the back okay and between her like underwear and her shorts and her leg I can see it, a turd, okay, <laughs> Okay. like, you know, like how this thing got in the front, I have no idea, okay, besides she wasn't done going to the bathroom, and I rushed her to get to the next layout. She has no idea it's there, okay. Luckily, all she eats is, she's, she's getting a little better with her diet, but she literally eats hot dogs, macaroni and cheese, chicken tenders, candy. And potato chips, okay. So as you can imagine, the consistency of it is luckily about like a about the uh, density of a golf ball, okay. <laughs> so so the ref is, is the lady uh, Elizabeth Plastic, I think is her name. She's standing right there. My squad has no idea of this, right? And I don't want to alarm her because if she she's like potty trained, if she gets something goes wrong, she gets really upset, okay. So she would have like a complete meltdown right so I'm trying not to and she would have been fine she's been doing pretty good with it but it was the circumstance of what happened so I'm like I'm like Amelia we're gonna uh run to the um run to the car real quick and get something out of the car so I go to this I go to my squad I'm like look I gotta get her something out of the car real quick that's just what I told him. I'm like let's go and the car's not far so we haul ass over there okay I uh I I I get I go to my truck. I open the car door. Okay. I'm like, I'm like, look, uh, you got something, you spilled something on your shorts. Okay. I'm like, look that way for a second. So I pull her pants down. Okay. I got wipes. We use a whole damn tub of wipes that day. Okay. So I'm like, you got something on your shorts. You sat in something. So I pull her pants down. Really didn't, sme- you know, wasn't smeared or anything. It falls right out like a golf ball. Okay. <laughs> wipe her, wipe her off a little bit. Haul ass back to the, that's back to the parkour. <laughs> this parkour is even harder than the last one. Okay, <laughs> so she's fine now. She's color and she's cleaned up. Okay, I get in there, I run the first two pegs. On well, my last peg, okay, it wasn't her. So on my last peg, it's got this midi Shondell at like coming off a tower that like pops over the trees and drops it probably like fifty yard, forty five yards, fast, like diving down, thrown down off the tower. And I've hit it every time, like crushing them. The first peg had a couple long birds, and I just got lucky and broke them in half. And, you know, it's like everything is going my way. Okay, I get on the double. This guy in my squad goes, I literally step in, okay, to shoot the double. He goes, how much have you been leading that midi? Okay. (laughs) That's what he says to me as I step in there. And I look down, I'm like, "Uh," I thought about him I'm like, I don't know. I'm starting out in front of it pretty good. I'm not even sure. That was my first. midi was on the first. I missed the pair. Shot another 24. So I shot 48 on those two layouts with all that going on. And then, like, the next score on those two layouts for the weekend was 41 or 42. <laughs> so wow. Just, and I got lucky. It was one of those things where I wasn't really – didn't have any pressure on me. I was obviously distracted, okay, <laughs> Yeah. and, uh, you know, and two or three birds, you know, you know, I hit on the second barrel and they broke in half with one pellet, you know, you know, so it's just kind of a good day. That's funny. So later in the day, we're out on the course. Okay. (laughs) We're, we're in the back of the course, all the way in the back ravine. There's, there's no toilet back there. My squad mate, again, the same guy, he goes, I think your daughter's got to go to the bathroom. I'm like, Oh my God. (laughs) Okay. So like, I'm literally just getting ready to walk into the station. Okay. So I'm like, uh, Amelia, you all right? You're going to have to wait a little bit. Okay. She's like, yeah. So I shoot the station. We come out. Okay she didn't make it all the way okay so we gotta to go to the bathroom throw her underwear away in the toilet all the okay? same day all the same day come back to the house <laughs> i didn't bring any spare clothes my wife's like where's her underwear at okay you know i'm like that's the least of our problems." <laughs> 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 you know we made it a whole round so I, sh- I ended up shooting a 97 in the main event which was a good score the first day so it was an adventure you know that's she doesn't funny. even know, you know she doesn't even know to this day that this is all happened, okay? Because she she knows the part. You know, we're on the sporting clay course, but the, out on the feet test range, she had no idea.
0: Okay, really?
3: So I pulled it off, and uh,
0: that's funny. I I it, don't no, know no how hard, happy no she'll foul. be
3: about this because uh, she's probably gonna be the shooter. She's uh, the most likely. Yeah, <laughs> my youngest one's too young. My youngest <laughs> one's too young to know.
5: So
0: this is the oldest one now. Middle. Middle one. Okay. She's Mad.
2: the most apt to shoot, I would say. I got a Tom Max story. Um, so this was probably like 2005, right when I very first started shooting. And, uh, it's like one of my first events. I think Zach might've been there. He might've won the shoot as Desert Lake classic. I remember, I think it was either yeah. you or John.
3: You won, uh, won I won the, the shoot. shoot. I think you won the make or break or something. Yeah. Something like that. You were, you like were that. real little. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Tiny. Yeah. Anyway, um, Tom Mack was one of the guys my dad first started shooting with, and uh, so my dad brought his girlfriend with him to the shoot. And so Tom gets this funny idea, tells my dad, "Hey Willie, I'm gonna bring bring your rental car up to pick pick your girlfriend up. I want you to get in the trunk. I'm gonna drive up." And my dad goes, "All right." <clears throat> so uh, my dad gets in the trunk. Tom Mack decides to turn his hat as his hat sideways. Blair rap music, and so he pulls up <laughs> <coughs> right, you know, right next to the lobby. She comes out, you know, expecting to see my dad, and he's like, "What's up, baby?" and like talking all this, you know, crap to her, and she's like looking around, like, "Where's my, you know, boyfriend?" He goes, "Oh, uh, I'm your new boyfriend." He uh he wanted to trade, and so she still doesn't believe it, you know, because and she doesn't know Tom. I forgot right. to mention that. She doesn't know who Tom Mack is at all. <laughs> Never met the guy. <laughs> right? And so <laughs> so she's, like, not about it. She doesn't want to get in the car. She's like, where's my husband? This is our <laughs> rental car. He goes, "No, oh, he took my girlfriend. So I was, you know, told to take his. <laughs> and, uh, you know, finally he kind of, you know, let her in on the joke and, lets my dad out of the, out of the trunk. And she was like, didn't even think it was funny at all. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, and so the rest of the time we go shoot the main event and he's just trying to make light of the situation. She's still mad about it the whole time. And and at, you know, one point Tom was a little heavier. Um, you know, some people know. And so he's like got this sweat sweater and he's like playing, you know, and she's videoing a shoot Right. And he's like, you know, Flopping his man tit up and down. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh yeah, I still have the video too. <laughs> um, anyway, so that's my my Tom Max story.
6: I want to hear your story, Zach. Shaking his head, Zach. Come on, Zach. Gotta, let gotta him tell the story. Let him Whatever. So <laughs> this, <laughs> tell the story. All right, all right, all right. So this is the story of how uh, Zach became uh, Captain Winchester, I guess if you could call him team team captain, team Winchester. I don't know. Uh oh. You got. You can pick do out here. So uh, a couple years ago, when we were getting back into sporting clays, we were kind of tasked with, okay, who are some good ambassadors in the sport uh, who could you know help us out? So I was one. I I was pretty active in shooting. So I you know, and I get the sporting clays and the skeet magazine. So I know who the people. I know Anthony and Desi. You know Des. Right. And you know I'm. I, I, I kind of give a list of names of who I think would be good for, for Winchester. and It turns out most of those people have, have made the team already. So <laughs> this is in the beginning. We have not signed anyone. So we sent an email to Desi Edmonds. Hey, Desi, this is Donnie from Winchester. Uh, I think I copied. I think my boss Jason was on there, too, on the email. And uh, she's like, yeah, cool. So we scheduled, like, a call. and. We we talked. I think we talked to her maybe like a half hour, and kind of just like, "Hey, Desi, you know, we're 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 getting into sporting clays, and we we see you know all these accomplishments that you've that you've had. This is probably twenty eighteen ish, 2018 or so. So we kind of hash out the details, and we're like, "Okay, yeah, Des Desi Evans, she's going to be on on Team Winchester." And we get this random email one day, and she goes, "Well, my boyfriend shoots too." <laughs> <laughs> And so I, and she sent it, to, she sent it to my boss, and my boss is like, Do you know Zach Keenbaum? And I'm like, He probably pronounced your name wrong. And I'm like, Yeah, he's, I mean, I've seen his name in the sporting clays magazines. Like, yeah. I, I was,
3: I was the national champion. Yeah. Okay.
6: Like, I was like, Yeah, I've, I've seen his, I've seen his names in the magazine. So I don't know, maybe like two months later, they came out to, to Winchester, and we had an in person meeting with both of them, and we, you know, fell in love with both of them, obviously, but. That's kind of how we got Zach Keenbaum. so funny. Because so Desi, Desi got you yeah. yeah. It was all Desi.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it was, yeah. It was all Desi.
6: That's oh funny. I think it's worked out pretty well. It's worked out pretty well. I think you took. Zach, every time I tell that story, he shakes his head and he's just kind of, <laughs> it's a good story, though. <laughs> now, did you tell Desi to email him that?
3: I don't remember. I think they were on the phone or something.
6: Oh, and Zach was super geeked out, too, about Winchester when he came the first time and kind of like saw the. The we, went to the,
3: we went to the offices.
6: So yeah. you went as a guest. Yeah, he. Yeah, oh yeah. No, <laughs> no.
3: no, no.
6: <laughs> 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 he was Desi's guest. Yeah, he was Desi's. He was literally Desi's guest. Yeah. Oh, my boyfriend. She, he shoots too. And My boss is like, oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so they
3: really wanted Desi. Oh.
0: So she was really the first one on Winchester. Then I would say so. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> De- yeah. <laughs>
6: Oh, it was the same yeah. time period, but uh, you know, she probably signed the paperwork first. <laughs> well, Zach wouldn't check his email probably. So yeah, I, was
0: say. <laughs> I didn't even know had an email address. That's funny. I like that story. Uh, so anyway, anybody else got anything else? Zach's got no, a ton no. of
3: fun. Well, I, I can't, I have Tom Mack's story. I can't, he's told me a million jokes and I just, I'm not a good joke teller. Anthony's a much better joke teller than I am. Um, but we're going to miss him. He was a great guy. Good ambassador. He worked for, or he represented a lot of companies over the years and did a good job. Yeah. Heck of an instructor. Um, I've had a
0: good time here at nationals getting to see everybody. And uh, I guess I hope everybody finishes well and we'll see who the winner is tomorrow or Sunday. So, yep. All right, guys. Well, thanks for coming on. And Thank you. For thanks, and, uh, thanks, thanks for us. having us. Yeah. All of these guys are coaches. We'll post some info on how to get in touch with them on the, on the website if you're in the area and need a coach you just call these guys other than anthony and they'll be glad to help you probably pretty promptly (laughs) glad (laughs) to help you just gotta wait (laughs) yeah you just have to wait with him so all right guys that's it